I mean, $10 a month is like, you know how there's little checkpoints and little milestones that you reach before you get to the ultimate goal? I think $10 a month is a solid number to aim for. I, and no, that's true, and that, that is that we are actually, I mean, it's while we're noting those, it's worth noting, we've already hit one milestone. We actually have positive cash flow. I mean, we have subscribers, right? I know, and, But how much, how much do you make individually every month off what's $2.16. I mean, you could pay, like, you know, a very small fraction of your electric bill that way. Very, very small. Uh, during the summer, not even one one-hundredth. Uh, I mean, you could get your cats, like, a quarter of a bag of treats. Right? You, you've not bought cat treats, have you? Obviously not. They, they cost more than that. Dog treats are like, I mean, there's this one at a Walmart you can get for like dirt cheap. Oh, well, my, my, my cats get better treats than Walmart treats, but <laughs> be that as it may, welcome ladies and gentlemen to another episode of What's the Res, an ongoing conversation about the current resolutions in the world of high school debate. My name is Josh Herring. My name is Ethan Delves. Today we are here to uh, have a conversation uh, that is about things that have changed for that would have direct bearing on the September October Lincoln Douglas Varsity Resolution. Yep. Ethan, what's the what's the resolution this time around? The res the LD resolution. Mm -hmm. I have I do not have a word for word. Oh we well, have, it's like the. Colleges should not consider the SATs. I mean, that was a horrible time to pull that on me. All right, so this one specifically reads, Resolved, in the United States, colleges and universities ought not use standardized testing for undergraduate admissions. Yeah, that was definitely way better than my remembering. That. So what we've got, uh, we, we've already done, of course, our big analysis episode. We've got one supplement episode. But over the last couple of weeks, I think we've both seen three different things that have really changed the landscape of this resolution. And we, we thought this would make for a, a good conversation about it. Yeah, because for one of the arguments, we were thinking like, Man, the adversity score might look really good here. And we were debating as to what side we would actually put that on. Right. But regardless, that's it's no gone. longer happening. <laughs> nope. That is not happening anymore. And But here's the thing. You, that article, that PDF that you sent me with that, that journal article that was talking about the adversity score no longer going through, I was reading it. I was like, wow, wow, okay. So the adversity score is no longer going through. And I saw the word instead. And then it even – it's another adversity score. So it's not gone. It's just Changed. something else. Yeah. Yeah. So the uh, at least the, the Wall Street Journal article that uh, the journal broke the story of the adversity score, and they were quite interested to then report that the college board is ditching the adversity score. This is in response to a lot of pushback from educators, from college, uh, college professionals, and from students. Uh, the college board has not had a happy reaction from most people. And this is not new. Uh, this is actually the College Board's second attempt to have something like the adversity score. They tried this, uh, I think it was in the 80s or the 90s, and it just didn't fly then. But now we're on attempt three, right? Because we had the adversity score, which was very recently, they had a beta test last year, and it was going to be implemented this year right? for when my SAT came around. But now we have landscape. Oh, whoa, what? It must be something. I mean, it's a new name, right? So it's an entirely different thing. Clearly. What, what, what is it, Ethan? What, what is landscape? landscape? So Mr. Bonin showed me the website earlier. It's a really clean looking website where they're going to analyze metrics about your high school and your environment, but nothing about you. Does that make sense? So it's literally the adversity score, but without any tie to the actual person. So, yeah, and it's not necessarily tied to the SAT either, am I right? I, I believe so. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm honestly the... confused. Like, see, it's on the College Board website. I'm confused about how exact – the adversity score is much more straightforward. Well, it kind of was in the sense that, like, I at least knew what the adversity score was going to get to. 
uh, landscape, let's, let's just go to their website rather quickly. They have a section called, what is landscape? Uh, let's see, only one part of admissions. Uh, the high school and neighborhood information provided by landscape is just one of the many things colleges look at when considering an applicant. Doesn't replace, only adds. Quote, landscape does not replace the individual information included in applications such as GPA, personal essay, high school transcript. They well, look at that to... third one. Yeah, that third one never alters a test score. Uh-huh. Okay, so landscape only shows how an applicant's SAT or ACT score compares to those of others at the same high school. It does not change an applicant's test score in any way. So is that different from the adversity score? It wasn't going to change the actual test score, but I think it was a little bit, it was definitely marketed uh, a little bit differently than that. You know what we need, Ethan? We need an infographic. We Clearly, need. an infographic would tell us exactly what we need to know. Well, Let's there see. it is. They, they're looking, they, their website states that they are looking at three categories of information. Basic high school data, the locale, the senior class size, percent of students eligible for free and reduced price lunches, the average SAT scores at colleges attending, and AP, AP participation and performance. They're then going to give a, an applicant's test scores compared to others from the same high school, like we mentioned before. Then they're also going to look at high school and neighborhood indicators, college attendance, household structure. That's the uh, married or divorced rate. Okay. Okay, median family income. Uh, housing stability, that's rent versus ownership, I would suspect. Education levels and crime. Hmm. Ethan, I don't think this is anything different. I don't think it's anything different. I was actually, so go back down a little bit. I was looking at the um, the fact that they're comparing it within the high school, mm-hmm. like within the same school. That kind of appealed to me a little bit more because like, okay, so they probably had similar instructors and or could have had similar instructors and then maybe they live in the l- same sort of area because you know, that's based on where you live, right? If you go to a public school. So mm-hmm. it's generally the same area, which kind of raises the question, why exactly do we need all of these neighborhood metrics? Because I know like well, it's a certain... We need the neighborhood metrics because neighborhood metrics are clearly going to indicate level of poverty, which is going to... And it's also going to indicate general trends for ethnicity, which is going to be yet another... I, I think what this is going to do is this is going to let colleges... If colleges want to admit people based on their race or based on their poverty level, they can then look at landscape to find information to justify their decisions that's still different from the objective data as in scores on the test. What about um, how, how, um, what was I going to say? I don't know. What were you going to say? I really have no idea what I was going to say. It's the part where if I was musical, I would burst out into singing, where it's like, say what you need to say. It's like one of those lines, but I'm not very Oh, musical. I know that song. Yeah. yeah. I would be horrified if you started to sing that. Yeah, Just keep no. going. I'll think of what it was. All right. So I think landscape is, is really, it's interesting. It's going to relate to this LD case. Um, I think it just, because that's going to mean, on the one hand, uh, any adversity score cards that are currently uh, written need to be adapted and adjusted. But I don't know that it really changes very much, except to say that at the very least, the adversity score was maybe more honest in what the college board was trying to do. I think landscape is still trying to do exactly that, but it's now less intentional and a little bit less obvious. I think it's not necessarily more honest because it's just was way easier to tell with the adversity score, not by intention of the college mm-hmm. board, by just observing it in general. So here's what I was going to say earlier. Is this mandatory? Like you get a score and do you get to see it as well? Because with the, oh, no, um, no, the no. adversity score, you never got to see your score. Landscape's right. the same? No, well, it's, except that uh, if I'm reading this information correctly, you don't have to do anything. Which is, was also true with the adversity score. Uh, but this is just information that will be there. It'll just and, – and again, you also have nothing to do to, to contribute to this information. But do these general trends – can they reflect any truths perhaps from an individual student? I mean 
I'm trying to give this the benefit of the doubt because I'm thinking like, I, I see your face right You're now. much okay. more generous than I am. I'm, I, no, I'm just... I mean, I'm only 17 years old, you know? Like, I'm trying to be generous and keep my mind open to the world that's ahead of me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Sure. yeah I'm just going to okay. be the cynical guy. Be the cynical guy. Way. All right. So, um... Yeah, I, I was, don't know that we have anything else there on that. No, I was about to take a stab at something you said in the last episode about that Y2K thing, but I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. Um, but any, of do our, think- any of our older listeners, and by older listeners, I mean anyone who was alive um, prior to 1995, uh, will remember Y2K and will not mock me for having a Y2K story. Uh, listeners, if you, are, if you are out there and uh, you two have a Y2K story, I would personally love for you to uh, contact us over Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or Reddit, or email, and just let us know uh, whether or not you had a Y2K closet or any kind of prepared for the end of the world yep. when the clock hit midnight on January 1, 2000. And remember, if you want to contact us on any of those platforms, what's the res at gmail.com is the place to go, W-H-A-T-S-T-H-E-R-E-S at gmail.com. Gmail.com and our Instagram, Twitter, and Reddit is what's the res underscore. But besides that, I'm trying to give this the benefit of the doubt because remember, this is based on the within the high school, within the similar area. And sure, you're using general trends, right? But are these complete falsehoods, right? Because I, th- I think there's got to be some sort of correlation. And, and maybe by comparing it within the same school, you're able to see some kind of trying to like how the student is compared based on their environment and their out or their landscape not to be completely redundant based on the name and put that in perspective of as to what school they go to maybe it would reflect work ethic just as well as the SAT or ACT could I think that is an idealistic view I mean I think it's certainly possible the information could be used that way I think that's what the college board wants you to think about how this information is going to be used. I think that's what the college board thinks. I don't think it's what they want us to well, think. I mean, maybe. I think they truly believe that this would actually reflect something. Well, and I'll be interested to see. And that certainly was something that there, there's, I think there's even ground on both sides to make the argument that this could be helpful. So perhaps instead of uh, in, uh, on affirmative, um, students could, people could argue that instead of looking at SAT, ACT scores, colleges would be well served to consider the landscape data and get this more well-rounded, holistic picture. On NEG, I think you've got easy ground to say, this is nothing more than disguised affirmative action once again in a new guise. Yeah, the but university people, score is just dressed up as landscape now. People who don't take the SAT and ACT won't have a landscape score. Well, no, Ethan, you don't. But but you, if you have an address, then you have a landscape information. But what if that address is just two like old people living together? They're not gonna have a landscape score for like getting. Like, don't you need to take the SAT to be able to put in your information and your address and everything? Possibly. So the college board even knows. Possibly. Like, yeah, this is for students. I'm not like my grandma's not gonna have a landscape score for going to Harvard or something. Okay, I'm like, sure in that guess. sense. But uh, I mean, I think really, Lance, this is gonna. Uh, you would need to somehow give College Board your information. Through Doesn't, the SAT and ACT? Not necessarily, through the AP, through all the AP courses. They collect your data when you take the AP exam at the end of the year. Well, I don't Also, think. when you uh, register for their classes, which you're paying the College Board to Okay, take that so class. it's not, it, there's probably, I guess there's more people than I would have thought. But again, it's not everyone that's going to be. True. And it's some, uh, it is certainly that then, uh, in, well, I'm thinking back to some of our discussion about uh, the test optional colleges as well, where places that say we are going to have you don't have to submit your SAT or ACT score, but when they did, it was it was considered. I wonder if this would become something similar, where this would be something that would not be uh, it's voluntary, but if you do submit it or if it is accessible, 
then it will become part of the admissions picture. I don't think it's something that you would submit. I think this is like an accessibility type of thing, which kind of gets into some kind of privacy concern, you know, because maybe you want people to, the colleges to just see, like, this is my SAT, this is the work I've done, extracurriculars, all that stuff. Is this a violation of some sort of personal image that people are Ooh. getting into? I mean, it's, it's like a slight, I guess, ethical strand of the resolution there. But, I mean... Is that something that should be observable to the college admissions process? Nah, that's, I mean, that's the question, right? Because that's... someone could just go to your house, take a look, and be like, I mean, divorced parents, I mean, mid-sized house, you know, this many square feet. Like, but this is like a comprehensive thing that not a lot of other colleges would see. Like, this has got your income on it. It's got your, your family status, housing stability, education levels. Ethan, what? Ethan, you have not filled out the FAFSA yet, have you? I have no idea what that is. Uh-huh. Because uh, sometimes between now and a year from now, you and your parents will probably, unless you do what I want you to do and go to Hillsdale College, uh, you will sit down and fill out the FAFSA. That's the uh, Federal Application for Financial Student Aid, where they will collect every... So that's where that comes from. Oh, yeah. They will collect every bit of data you did not even know that you ever had. Like what? Give me the most like crazy piece of data they're going to take. Oh, well, I mean, they're going to want housing. They're going to want finances. They're going to want 1040s. Like number of toes I have or something? Is it no, that's, not, that's not weird. But I mean, what I mean is like they want every piece of information about your family's financial situation, all of which then becomes part of the U.S. federal government's kind of public record of you and your family. I mean, that's so a lot. So the college, rec college board is not alone in having access to this information. So what makes it different that College Board has it instead of just the government? And then no, well, I mean, the, the government it. is not really in the business of getting you in or out of college. They do want you to go to college, and they do want to loan you money so that you can go there. So you think that College Board is going to help more people get into college or stay at, like, get kicked out or not I'm pretty sure that the, the president of the College Board has gone on record enough times making statements about increasing equity uh, and increasing diversity in college that his goal, at least, is to use this to increase the diversity of racial representation at colleges to the point where the racial representation in the college space reflects the racial diversity of the country. I think that's what he's going for. Does that make sense? Well, I mean, I, I know to you it doesn't make sense, but like, I mean, I, it, it, I think it's one of those things that sounds very pleasant and pleasing, and it is hard to say that it's a bad idea because as soon as you say it's a bad idea, someone's like, "Oh, you must be racist for not wanting." Well, that I'm, kind I'm of not going to do that. I'm not going to say like it's you're racist for thinking it's a bad idea. I'm That's just good. thinking should college accurately reflect the community or accurately reflect reflect who's supposed to be there and who's supposed to, See, who I, deserves to be well, there. Well, and I, I don't know that I like the language of deserves because that makes it sound like you have a right to go there. You college have a right to go there because you've earned it through academic rigor. No, no. So why do you, why a do college you has the right to admit who it wants. So in one level, I mean, I would be fine with a college just stating outright, uh, we are the college of ethnic diversity. So we will admit the, we identify these 10 races and we admit 10% of applicants from each race to our college. Can they say that? They can't say that, can they? Not according to the U.S. Supreme Court. Yeah, I didn't think so. So, uh, they can't do that. Uh, that, that. The Supreme Court said no. Uh, that would not bother me at all. What does bother me is a, a double-mindedness where I think that's what colleges are actually going for, but they're also maintaining the traditional stance that college is actually about higher learning and higher study. And that actually, so if, that, if college is actually about higher study, I'm over there with Michael Oakeshott who says that you can't, you can't start college completely unprepared. Do you, what kind of benefits do you think would come from a college that outright stated that it wanted 10% of, of these different types of ethnicities? Do you think there's, there would be any oh, sort I, of benefit in that type of college? 
I mean, I think on the one, I think what you would quickly figure out is that there are a lot more important, there are a lot more important kinds of diversities than ethnic diversity or racial diversity. Like cultural diversities and traditions. And I mean, all I would, sort of I'm thinking particularly of intellectual diversity. I would actually much prefer to see a college that was intentionally trying to cultivate a melting pot of ideas and a commitment to rigorously investigating a variety of those ideas within a commonly agreed upon framework. So how does that, those benefits weigh against the other, the other world of college, or the other type of college we were just talking about, where they're admitting people who yeah. are ready for that type of well, thing? Well, I mean, right. should you... Yeah. Should you mix those two? Because it seems like that, that's what colleges are trying to do now. They want, they, you know, they require a certain SAT score, and granted, they admit people below that or way above right. that as well. But it seems like the goal is to have both of those things at the same time. Is that possible? Can we have both of those things at least sort of at the same time? I would say something similar to what we were talking about in philosophy class yesterday, that just like I told you and the rest of your junior friends, that um, you can only do a certain number of things well. I think colleges have gotten themselves as a whole, to speak very generally, the collegiate world has gotten itself in trouble by trying to do too many things and do them all well. On the one hand, there is a commitment to a series of academic traditions that they try to do well. On the other hand, there is a commitment to the newly grown up um, culture of academic publishing, which they're trying to do very well. On the other hand, there is the necessity to please the customer, which is the, uh, the student, such that they stay. Well, that, that's also harder and harder to oh, do yeah, each year. I can um, then there's, there's new disciplines of thought that are developing that are harder to do. Then there's also different governmental demands upon colleges that because they're receiving government money, they have to meet. So there's a variety of things that colleges are trying to do. And I mean, and this is part of my ongoing frustration with telling students where I think they should or should not go to college. Hillsdale? Not just Hillsdale. There are others. Not everybody can go there. Hillsdale's really tiny. They only have 1,500 students. So obviously... That's like here, except three times as many. Yeah, it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's, a lar it's larger than Thales. That's true. But um, what ultimately I think... You're, you, you get in trouble when you set yourself too many goals... And suddenly there's, uh, I read one interesting book on this last year that was trying to figure out what the roots of the word university are. And we talked about this too last week in terms of the, uh, the medieval vision of uh, theology as the queen of the sciences. With those like seven different arts that you need to master. Right, and all going up. But the, the, the vision of God at the top with theology, that unified the university. All these different diversities found their unity in a common approach to God. Well, I'm not advocating it for a totally religious university landscape. I don't think that's reasonable at all. But I do think we have lost the unifying factor of what colleges and universities are actually for. And what we have instead are what I've seen some scholars call the multiversity. You have, a, oh. you have so many different goals. We didn't even talk about sports. I mean, I mean, the kind of sports commitment in the academy is ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, Which all could of be the a totally different argument. What if, what if SAT, ACT scores don't matter? What really matters is your football spiral. Well, because there's, like, not that many athletes in comparison to, like, all the other people that go in. You know, there's, like, musicians, there's people who are really good at academics. Like, that would just be a small portion of who actually goes to college. So it's a good, like, niche argument, but mm -hmm. overall I don't think it would yeah, have that yeah. big of an impact. So we've gotten quite a field on there. So hopefully that was a helpful tangent. Any, any last thoughts on that one? Or? I think it relates well to the episode because, I mean, okay. this is completely reflective. Like, landscape is reflective of trying to accomplish yet another goal and how well it – 
because colleges have already tangled themselves up in trying to accomplish all of these goals. So my question is, how well does landscape kind of help patch this together and hopefully hold together the college environment? Okay. And from a surface view, like this has not been tested or done already or anything like this, it looks like a a reasonable approach to try to patch together something that probably shouldn't have been needed to be patched together in the first place. If that makes any sense. It does. Like, yeah. If I'm looking at this and like thinking what else could they have done and can't really see any too many more favorable alternatives that would be feasible on such a large scale. So that's my okay. thoughts. The only other piece I wanted to include in this episode was uh, since we talked about the word equity in, uh, in our episode as arguing equity would be a really good affirmative, uh, affirmative value. Uh, and looking at equity in terms of how the SAT and ACT as standardized tests really have this racial problem where they don't really see, we don't see that, we don't see equity in the results there. Well, uh, I, I ran across the word equity uh, this morning in a different podcast that I, I like listening to. It's uh, Al Moeller. He's the president of the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary in Louisville, Kentucky. He does a daily podcast, which for starters, it's just so impressive. That is, so look, like having started a podcast and oh trying this, we do like once a week now maybe? Or like, well, we're recording once a week. Well, and I'm trying, trying to, to do... record to see because I'm trying to cut it down because that's so hard, know. you know? Like... Well, but no, get this. He does one every either night or morning that's released on the previous day's news events. And he oh, also, man. He, he, Al Mohler's insane. Have He's, you seen where BBC does one every two minutes? What? They will update the news. I think it's like every oh, two minutes. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. The news feed. I was just on the podcast every no, two minutes. No, no, no. Oh. But it's in podcast form. But okay. yeah, I understand. So, Moeller talked about this on this morning's briefing, and I was looking at a couple of the articles about it today. Uh, mayor Bill de Blasio is, uh, of course, still – he's the mayor of New York City, and he's still in the running for nominee of the uh, Democratic Party uh, for the presidential race in 2020. And he just announced that there's going to be a massive change in New York City public schools. So if anybody's interested in using this, you will need to track down the research. Uh, but this was, a, this was a big headline today on August 30th, so you'll, you'll have plenty to find. But the heart of the matter is that uh, New York City has, has a split public education system where one, educate, one set of schools are universally publicly accessible like most public schools throughout the country. The other set is a whole system of top-tier school schools dedicated to the performing arts, theater, music, and so on. Well, those schools you did have to actually try out on. But, or try out to get into. You need to demonstrate proficiency in your instrument or voice or acting or writing and so on. Well, in the name of increasing equity, because the analysis of these schools discovered that there was actually a racial difference between the people that went to these schools, uh, it turns out that the majority students in these schools for the arts, they are Caucasian and they are Asian. They are not African American. They are not Hispanic. And that is, the argument is that they are being held back by these commitments to actually try out. So Mayor de Blasio announced that in the name of increasing equity, they will get rid of all of the entry requirements. So they, they actually did it. They got rid of them. Uh, the, uh, at least in what I've read and was listening to, this is the proposal and it is not immediately effective. Okay. So, but where I think this could be really interesting would be on the one hand, I think this could be a place where affirmative could go to say, oh, look. Okay, equity. Look at what equity demands. Equity demands open access to everybody. Equity demands really ignoring. We have to take down far more barriers to entry than we've ever thought about. And that's truly the demands of equity in this sense. 
At the same time, I think Neg could look at that, and there is such an easy argument on Neg to say that you're going to see an immediate decline in quality. Yep. Could you imagine people showing up for a school that was dedicated to woodwinds instruments and not know how to play their instruments? Yeah, but like, why would someone want to like go to that school if they couldn't play the instrument? Well, because I but but schools have prestige attached to them. If you could say that you went to the Woodwinds Performing Center for the Arts. That yeah. looks really cool. Yeah, until you get out and then join an orchestra and like can't even play. Oh, but what anything. if you don't want to join an orchestra? What if you just want to say you graduated from there? For what purpose? Uh, the, just the prestige of the name. What's or the being purpose able to, of having the prestige of the name? I, I'm, I'm doing this. I'm doing this. I'm glad you've been paying attention to Aristotle. Uh, so then, well, but then that helps you with your application to colleges that maybe are not quite in the in the know that the school is not what it used to so be. This is a high school. Yeah. These are high schools. We're talking oh, about public I thought this schools. Was like, I'm out of here. You would. <laughs> you're, you're not going to fight me on that one. Well, I thought it was like a. I thought it was like. No, no, no. I wasn't We're talking about the public schools. schools, but I thought yeah. it was like higher education where people would just like get in and then when they try to get a job as like a oh, no, chef no, no. or something, they're gonna be like, "Look, I can play the flute," but then no. they don't care because they're trying to flip burgers. But no, this is like. We're talking about, yeah, we're talking about all the prestige of like the really nice high schools that could have a decline in quality, but it might take 10 years before everyone else realizes, wow, no, Woodwind's Performing Center of the Arts is not what it used to be. The students that are coming out of there, they no longer really play that well. I don't think it'll take that long because when you apply to college, I'm sure you have to like show them your skills somehow, right? Like they, no. they don't just, you're saying no. Are you sure? I'm Do you have anything to back that up? Because uh, I don't like I'm making a claim and I don't have anything to back it up, but I'm suspicious because I think if you would try to apply to like a it, musical it college, of some yeah, sort, I mean it depends. I mean, in it's, some like, cases, I think it depends on what you're going into college yeah. for. Okay, I mean, but but yeah, it, 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 I'd say it depends, but I say it is perfectly plausible to kind of bluff your way through. Uh, so I think it could work, but if you're trying to go to college for the purpose of continuing that sort of education, right. That's they would make fly. you try out. And Agreed. Yeah. But if you wanted to say, okay, I just want to go to NC State, and I am a, I'm coming, I'm applying from Woodwinds Performing Arts School in New York City, they're going to be like, whoa, that's one of those really cool New York City Performing Arts public schools. Yeah, we'll we'll we'll, we'll look at this kid's application over these 40 other people or something. I can see that. Like, yeah. That's the kind of thing I'm thinking of there. That I don't think it'll take them that long to notice that it's the quality's gone. 10 years, I think that's a stretch. Eh, we'll, we'll see. Yeah, I think we'll that's see. a stretch. But either way, it's certainly a, a current story that definitely changes things for uh, this particular episode or for, uh, for, for this LD resolution. So we were planning for a 15-minute episode, but we've gone on for, what is it, 26 well, we have. now? This we is have. good, though. We've really... Yeah. Like, I hope we have had a good conversation. Oh, we have. Ladies yeah. and gentlemen, thank you for joining us this afternoon on this episode of What's the Res? Uh, we hope you enjoy this part of the ongoing conversation about the current resolutions in the world of high school debate. If this episode was helpful to you, please let us know. You can get in touch with us over email at whatstheres at gmail.com, or you can uh, find us on our various social media pages. We're on Twitter, Instagram, and Reddit at the hashtag at whatstheres underscore. And then we're on Facebook at facebook.com slash whatstheres. If you can't get enough debate in your life, don't worry. We have got that covered for you. We can help out. You can access our channel of recorded debates where we have real debates by real people available for $3 a month or $30 for a year-long pass. We release a new episode every month. Uh, the September episode is dealing with the question of political hierarchy. We'd love for you to check that out. You can access those at... What's the res dot podbean.com slash premium. That is correct. What's go. the res.podbean.com slash premium. That's a mouthful. It is. Right. But thank you so much for joining us today, and until next time. Work hard, speak well, and seek the truth.